welcome to Ace Entrepreneurs, first podcast, Boss in Business. We're going to be talking to amazing entrepreneurs from the diverse community, and this is our first ever podcast, and our guest is Sade Amala. Hi, Sade. Hi, Nadine. How are you? Yeah, good. Really good. Hot, but uh, enjoying and loving the amazing weather in London right now. How's it going with you? Yeah, same. Hot, roasting, sweating. 31 degrees, hottest day of the year. But um, yeah, I'm good. Pretending that I'm somewhere tropical. (laughs) I love that. I've got my, also my African. uh, Yeah, you're in Africa. Where would I be? uh, Amazon somewhere. (laughs) Both great places to be. So, Sade, I um, I want to give you an opportunity to to tell everyone about uh, who is Sade and what you're doing right now. This series is really focusing on every stage of that entrepreneurial journey. So, I think at the moment you're just in your ideation, but you've also been working as a data specialist for a long time. So, tell us a bit about what you do right now. So um, yeah, I started my journey in data and analytics about 10 years ago and um, now have sort of transitioned into data science just as a natural progression, the way the market's gone. So yeah, worked at various brands from industries, including telecoms, FMCG, uh what else betting even once <laughs> um so um yeah that's what i've been up to and uh now transitioning into entrepreneurship but i guess we'll talk about that yeah. a bit later on so yeah that's, that's amazing yeah and uh do you fall into um the bracket of people that that were either so this is usually how it goes for entrepreneurs either you were doing a job and you thought, you know, I want to just branch out on my own. I want to take those skills and do something for myself. Or you were like, I really don't like working for people. I'm going to find any way not to do this anymore and go and do something on my own. So how, what pushed you into becoming an entrepreneur? So I would say for me, I've always, as far as I can remember, like maybe when I was a teenager, knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. How to get there was a different story. Um, I always knew that I'd probably have to work as a means to an end in order, I guess, to get some insight into the business world and also to maybe, I don't know, see how it's done, meet the right people. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I always knew that I kind of wanted to have that foundation. Uh, so therefore working has been quite difficult I would say because I'm kind of more of an ideas person um, and I feel a lot of companies are structured in a way that a kind of BAU um, you're not really recognized for generating ideas unless you're higher up so I didn't realize that I'd find that quite hard um, having to stick to processes and so on and so forth and not I guess I'm an analyst so I do get to question things but it's within a small remit it's not as in total business um top level in that sense so yeah I'm kind of upside down in that sense 
is that I went to the world of work to gather those skills and to just buy time and try to work out what it is that I'd work on oh. and meet great people like you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really nice that we've connected and we're still um, in touch today. Uh, so that's great. Um, so my, I, I actually studied marketing and ended up going into marketing. Uh, it wasn't always the plan. Marketing was kind of my backup. And then I ended up... Ah liking the fact that it was a challenge it was I, I went into it because I thought I didn't like what marketing was it was like you are person a you fit in box a will market you to a and I was like hang on I'm I don't fit in any of those boxes how this doesn't make sense I almost went in to break it um and be more right. disruptor right um did mm -hmm. you also study uh, data science and analytics at university or was it something that came after you'd finished studying Yes, yeah, so I actually studied psychology as a degree. I wanted to go into clinical psychology. Um, but again, quite similarly to you, I just felt that the way in which it was set up probably wasn't, again, right environment for me to work in. I, again, the big picture and wanting to change things. And yeah, I think with any sort of medical field, again, it's that process and you don't really get to question it takes 10 years sometimes to push research through um, even if it is valid research so I thought what next and um, I spoke to my uncle and I wanted to go into marketing actually and he suggested that I look into analytics because I did a, a research-based degree and um, yeah didn't know that analytics existed Data science actually wasn't on the curriculum about 10 years ago to study as a core subject at uni. So went down that route discovering what analytics was and he explained that I'll probably be sat in marketing. So it would be a good way for me to be in marketing, but also have the research and the numbers side of things that I like. So yeah, that's how I got into it. Kind of stumbled, but maybe pushed a bit by my uncle. Yeah. That's interesting how like you can be on a journey thinking you're going in one particular direction and then somebody is like, hey, have you thought of this? And then you, you kind of fall into your um, chosen field. It was my dad that was like, because basically I was supposed to be studying fashion. And my dad was like, uh, yeah, you need to do something else as well as fashion. Do that. Uh, so I said, okay, fine, I'll do marketing and fashion. And then, oh. you know, like loving it. And it's funny how that one person can open you up to something actually that you can shape and mold and make your own right yeah. um, so you know who was your uncle someone that was influential to you when you was growing up um how was your family you know what was their background what were they doing and did they have an influence on, on how you decided to make those decisions to go to university uh, to choose psychology and then obviously they helped you choose data science but uh, how were they in the beginning how did they shape you yeah so I think we've touched on this uh, before we had a conversation and I think we we're talking at the time about STEM which I still can't remember what the acronym is uh, <laughs> science technology engineering and math or something yes. and um I think about 10 years ago, I was probably slightly beyond that when I you know, was due to go to university and the government realised, I guess, that not enough 
women or girls were going into those areas. So, yeah, I guess similarly with my family, a lot of them are actually ended up working in tech or engineering, but me not necessarily being aware of that because we never discussed it. Um, of course, like my immediate like nuclear family, my mum had her own business and then my stepdad, he, oh, he's an accountant. So I guess, yeah, I kind of had that as inspiration, but didn't know what my, I guess, the rest of my family, my uncles, who then went on to inspire me. So, yeah, I, I really wasn't aware, but I don't know whether it was because of the trend, it's to do with, I guess, women didn't go into those sorts of fields back then. Can't really put my finger on as to why it never came up, but um, yeah, just never did. It just never did. It's, sometimes they don't talk to us about what they do. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I didn't know if I knew what all my family actually did. I also knew what my mum did because she was the closest one to me, and I, you know, yeah. didn't know if she wasn't at home or if she was going out or what she was doing. Uh, but they didn't really tell us sort of what they were doing. And maybe they were just busy on the grind, you know. It's like going to one of these things that you can kind of be like doctor or you get in a job and you stay in that job and you stay there and work your way up the ladder kind of thing. Or, you know, they always push you to go into one of those more core areas because it's more yeah. likely to success, right? Um, and they yeah. have a slightly easier life uh, maybe than they did because they did the struggling bit. Um, I remember being told a story by one of my uh, family members how they um, were successful in their uh, in their job and they were running a meeting and basically they went into the meeting room uh, with their counterparts which didn't look like them right and they all sat and um, they were all sitting down and the, this person I, I don't want to reveal them because I don't know if they want me to reveal them but they they were in the meeting first because you know they're Right. And as everyone came in, they were looking around going, oh, what, uh, where's the person that's running the meeting? And, and the person said, no, it's me. I'm running it. And they're all like, you? How, how are you in a senior position running the meeting? And they kind of like did that squinty eye look, you know? And I don't mm. think you felt that in business. I felt that. Like you've, you've got yourself into a good place and you're maybe leading a project or being the um, most skilled person in the room and you're being challenged as you're a woman or you're too young or you're too you're a colour how could you be in this position do you ever feel that people look at you and think how are you yeah you shouldn't be here you kind of like that imposter syndrome that people talk about yeah to an extent uh to an extent yes I think it's more to do with for me probably looking younger than I actually am um yeah maybe being the only woman in the room um I would definitely say usually I'm the only woman in a core tech team it just depends how where I'm sat in a business I could be sat in marketing or I could be sat in a tech team or I could be sat in innovation it just really depends um so yeah I would say definitely from the perspective of looking young being woman I think what I find most difficult is the technical side of things I think a lot of uh, senior managers have ideas of what they want to do 
with tech and obviously a lot of them are tasked with moving their companies forward um, with tech being the biggest thing but probably don't understand enough about tech in order to be able to hire the right people ask the right, right questions so I'm always having to push back so I don't even know if I notice the other things because I'm naturally having to push back because I'm having to explain like whoa we need to take it back here in order to um to maybe achieve anything or actually I need to spend two months assessing the situation so and I think that can be yeah a lot harder if you kind of of a certain age or look a certain way that can probably be a lot harder so yeah I, I agree but maybe haven't noticed so much um the oh you're not supposed to be here <laughs> I probably get the opposite where most people don't know what I'm talking about it's like we find you and you're a genius but you're not performing <laughs> I get more of that do you know what you want me to do well we just exactly this moon on a stick is like uh sometimes there's literally no data like no exaggeration like one company obviously i won't name um quite a huge company um i went in and they had they were working with a client and um they hadn't quite got to the stage of actually looking at the database or assessing so they'd done their strategy and won the account based on their pitch strategy but didn't even find out from the client whether they have any data and it turns out that they didn't have any data so we're literally having to start collecting the data and this is a huge company but i've been to so many that don't even have databases yeah yeah <laughs> how do you deal with those challenges and like when you're working with someone that has that great idea that they don't know how to put it together how do you balance sort of letting them know actually this is the right way we should step back and go forwards again without it becoming you know an issue is there a way that you deal with people yeah i'm still learning i'm on a learning curve with that um i definitely think it's easier having started my own consultancy data story four or five years ago um, because you hired me to do the work so um, I must be the expert um, but then you know how the contract market is sometimes you're still treated as a perm employee so um, a lot of that I guess has been organic growth like knowing I guess my rights as a contractor I'm not an employee but also expressing at the beginning I've learned to explain how it will work Mm -hmm. and um yeah putting a process in place probably even before i've taken on the um role just to show this is how i'd like to work um sometimes that works sometimes when you're in the thick of things and uh you've got christmas pending i started a new job just before christmas and every process goes out of the window that's a bit more difficult um but again i've learned to just speak up, assert my authority, it can be tough. You're constantly having to be sort of like mindful and maybe like take some time out in your day, go in a quiet room, like organize your thoughts. Um, I feel the psychology aspect of things definitely 
seeps in there for me when I'm trying to sort of get my point across. Um, so yeah, those are the tools I would say, knowing the audience, tailoring it towards the audience, preparing, um, and then just, yeah, being confident and honest enough to put in a process that you feel that you can achieve. Doesn't always work though, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've learned. Uh, so do you think you have to work harder um, to achieve what you want to achieve? Do you think your journey is any different from anyone else in the UK trying to be in data or do you think you have, a, uh, you have to work harder to get to where you want to get to? Yeah, I definitely think being a black woman, um, I have to work harder. I, I, I don't know if that's almost a given across board it's not don't think it's specific to me um you know I've had stories where people's parents will tell them this or family members or school I just think it's a it's a thing <laughs> um yeah maybe something we've had from a young child I don't think that's changed much much at all so been very aware of that like and also being a woman as well I feel that it seeps in everywhere like even when it comes to hiring yeah. um I yeah I remembered that when I was first starting off in my career that I needed to have something on my CV that would completely blow every other candidate out of the water and it would almost be a no-brainer not to hire me because I knew I was probably being hired by a man who's probably going to find it easier to just hire a man that either looks like him or they have similar interests. And I would definitely say at the beginning of my career, um, I heard managers say, oh, which is fine. And I think for the culture that we were back then, the whole, um, what's the term that is usually used about fit so cultural fit oh, yeah cultural fit. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was the norm then um i think now we realize actually culture should sort of adapt and be inclusive um but that was a big thing then and yeah i would hear managers say yeah i don't think this person next lines is the right cultural fit or actually we've got all lads on the team how's it going to be if we hire women but probably when, once I got into the role I've noticed that I'd been hired because they were literally couldn't find anyone to do the role. Yeah sometimes they're more concerned about cultural fit than skill um, yeah and you'll always have to rehire <laughs> because yeah yeah over fit over skill then you've got to get a great person to hang out with on a Friday but um, you're not going to get your task so <laughs> yeah yeah most of the time I'm told that or some of the time they've been looking for months on end blah 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 as in I know that I'm getting that role because of how skilled it is and yeah. I just can't hire Joe Bloggs to do it yes I understand I think I had that similar thing in yeah a recent role when they said they were looking for a long time but uh, they didn't have everyone with the right skills to do it um, so yeah I understand that Definitely that cultural cultural fit thing comes up. Cultural fit. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, what does diversity mean to you? Uh, I, I mentioned diversity to someone 
on a call, uh, I think it was last week, and they their thought of diversity was completely different to mine. Um, I would like to know what your take is when people say diversity. It's becoming a real buzzword right now. Um, can't tell you I've ever thought about it, which sounds a bit strange because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it should be something I'm interested in, but I think it is because I see it as a buzzword and just like, I don't know what it means. And I'm going to do what I have to do outside of, you know, quoting to a company, oh, diversity and inclusion, I should be hired because of X, Y, and Z. I just focus and stay headstrong and yeah. I guess getting my skill sets and so on up to a certain where diversity because I feel there's this whole thing around a diversity hire I don't think I've ever been a diversity hire um so yeah I do like so someone tells you here's the diversity hire oh you just like the worst I know right so um if I had to take a stab at it inclusivity you don't want the answer. It's just you know I don't want you to try, I don't want you to like try and think of what the answer is. I just was interested to see because it's 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 actually interesting that you don't have an answer because it doesn't come into your range and maybe it's the companies that aren't diverse that therefore need to use the word diversity because they know that aren't diverse right and they need to hire more women more people of different orientations more people that don't look exactly like them. So that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's like, what's your consumer base made out of? Are you only selling shaving cream to men? Okay, so then you should probably think about having a lot of those type of people giving their ideas and values to you. If you're selling a pack of crisps, which can be et by a child, a woman, a man, like yeah. everybody, then really your, uh, your work uh, employees should be diverse. They should be diverse, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so... You talked a little bit about data story. Do you want to tell us about how uh, that started and, and what you offer through data story? Yeah, so um, it started probably four or five years ago after a stint. My longest role has been 18 months. Um, also, I graduated just after the 2018 crash, no, 20, 2008, sorry. <laughs> crash um yeah so it was just volatile the job market was so um yeah I decided after my longest stint in the city I was like right this is not for me I just don't like how big corporations operate and also I was still on a learning curve I was quite early on in my career there's just no budget for training no budget for upskilling anything I literally spent from leaving uni every year up until that point five years studying most years most evenings and also my own money so um, that was extremely um, I guess stressful but at the end of it I thought great I've got all these skills um, and I may as well take advantage of the fact that um, I can't start up my own consultancy and also take advantage of I noticed the sort of work I was doing across all of the um the firms that I've been at each industry was slowly coming behind I think FMCG were the first to sort of yeah do the whole um I'll call it 
oh, I don't know if you've watched the program on Cambridge Analytica, have you? Uh, oh, I Right. Well, about their shenanigans yeah exactly so a lot of companies obviously weren't using it for sinister things but that sort of analytics and it was being rolled out in other industries so there was a big gap i guess for companies there so yeah it delivers uh consultancy services mainly within crm analytics now a bit more when going into the data science and machine learning side of things tend to work mainly on my own. I've had one or two people join when I've had big projects, but yeah, small consultancy. And because of IR35, not sure how much longer I'll be able to keep on to that, but um, I have other ideas. So, um. yes, don't give away your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sade, so I wanted to ask you about who is your inspiration? Who's that person that inspired you into entrepreneurship? Uh, so for me, it's definitely not like the classic Richard Branson, although I do love what he's been able to achieve. Um, but yeah, thinking back, I would say in terms of like the art of what is possible or yeah, what is possible in general, it would probably have to be um, my grandma, actually. Um, so how my grandma came to the UK in oh, the 60s, so it would have been like early to mid 60s. She would have been in her early 20s at the time. And um, she came at a point where uh, her brothers were sent off to uni and for whatever reason, the background that she came from, they believed in investing more into men and that women should maybe go off and learn a trade or learn, I don't know, something small um, to get them a job. But if I sort of go back slightly further, actually, to what inspired my grandma to coming over and actually wanting more would be her auntie yeah my grandma's auntie is my great aunt um she broke tradition i don't know why or how don't know the full story but she didn't have kids which is unprecedented for back then that was kind of a woman's job to have kids in the early uh, part of the 1900s i don't know what been yeah yeah like what else are you going to be doing um but yeah, she she didn't have kids and she went into trading like uh, mainly sugar. Um, she did trade a few other things, I think maybe gold as well, and took my grandma instead of my grandma going to her to learn. I think it would have been just like house, you know, house stuff, domestic stuff. She taught her that and um, that gave her I guess confidence to say okay I may not be offered the opportunities that my brothers are going off to uni but at least um, I could maybe go to the UK and seek better opportunities or working opportunities but to her I guess amaze when she arrived in the UK um, she yeah, realized that at the time women didn't necessarily have rights the ones that we do have now so probably since the pandemic but my sister and I have actually looked into that mm. and we came across a stat that I think it was 19 before 1968 women couldn't 
legally earn money. So even if you worked, it was legally your husband's money. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> 1968 is not that far off. Like it's really not that far off. Yeah. So we hear like little snippets about, I guess, my grandma's life here and her life in Nigeria, but only now really understanding, I guess, the magnitude of her, yeah, working. And then um, she, I think I've mentioned, yeah, maybe to you or some other friends before that she, anytime we walk around London, she'll say, oh, you know, I used to work in this hotel. It didn't exist. We came in, we helped build this and she worked in hospitality and then managed to um, start a small like property portfolio off the back of that, like towards the later part of her working life. Um, so I would say, yeah, she's definitely inspired me. Uh, I feel without her, I wouldn't really have anyone to emulate. And to be honest, maybe I'm not, I'm not actually trying to emulate her. I think because we've had those discussions, like little bits here and there, I've sort of known what is possible for a woman and I guess for myself I think about my opportunities and what I have and how much far ahead with my degree and you know my skill set um, I have compared to her and I think yes knowing what she's been able to achieve only maybe just with completing secondary school uh, yeah it kind of gives you good sort of footing to know okay if she can do it I can at least try I think outside of that probably wouldn't have any sort of um anyone that I could look up to in that sense that I feel that isn't starting off maybe where the typical entrepreneur in this country is starting off so yeah my my um, inspiration dates back <laughs> yeah but that's amazing because she's a she's firstly she's a woman and secondly she's part of your family so it's almost like you are able to firsthand see or not see but firsthand know about somebody that did amazing things and they weren't uh, someone that was in an office far far away doing something yeah. like aviation like Richard Branson it was actually yeah. something you could just go and talk to or hear more about and that's amazing and so powerful when you're trying to be an entrepreneur too and um, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned there was a survey. It's funny you say that because there was a survey they did of a large amount of people and they said, OK, so who inspires you? 85% uh, said uh, um, a white man of some kind. So Richard Branson or somebody like that. And the other 15% had no clue. They didn't have anybody that they saw as inspiration. Um, us women we need to be more visible and sometimes we're just grinding you know like your grand Ma, she was also there just trying to make her property portfolio and help set up other businesses and I don't think she was thinking about being an inspiration she just was one right and yeah doesn't even know that she's an inspiration as in this is probably the first time her story has been told to anyone outside of the family and even still it's not like she sat us down and said okay I can do it you, you should try <laughs> little snippets that we pieced together so um, yeah I feel that there hasn't maybe been that platform for women or we've just been so focused on I guess as you said grinding but also if we think about the law as well the law was not in our favour far less opportunity even just the law wasn't yeah. in our favour so everything really is quite um mm. 
you know there's lots of traditional ways that we see women as as the carer and even if we are entrepreneurs like myself I still have a child to care for that's still seen as a priority over maybe yeah. everything else so you know we are making massive strides and you know ACE is all about celebrating these women uh we're a champion yeah. of women. so we want to push you all forward and make sure that the next time that question is asked um someone says how many how many inspirational people can i list not i don't I know. know i know <laughs> oh, that'll be hard to choose yeah. so long <laughs> um so whenever something amazing happens uh it's like it, more than often than not is to do with work um i i you know privately can be seen <laughs> a little celebratory uh dance um, <laughs> which like i feel like because at that point when something amazing happens to you you just have this burst of energy right and yeah then, true and then like i do my little my little dance my little victory dance and then i move on with things you know and it made me curious do, what do other people do like either to get them pumped up or you know what do you do to like um celebrate your big wins in life so uh yeah i'm definitely all about um i would say play hard work hard so I'm happy to sort of block myself away for a month, work on something, and yeah, maybe see people by have to sound like a hermit now, but as in like <laughs> come out my little night. So um, but as in for birthdays and stuff, like I'm always up for that. But as in like, yeah, once I know that I've achieved whatever it is that I've set out to achieve, then I will definitely try not to load anything more on my plate for that next month or so so that I know that my calendar is free to sort of do things spontaneously I love like going on I don't know like either a holiday spontaneously um or I don't know just like a, doing something in the city spontaneously but if it's more sort of low-key like your low-key private dance then for me that would definitely be food i would cook myself something really indulgent pair it with i don't know wine or a good cocktail and literally just take out without having to think about like a dead like i think you enjoy like food maybe more either when you're super stressed because it's obviously taking your mind off something or when you've got nothing on it's like you can actually like take it in not just like hoovering food up <laughs> for um survival you're actually eating for enjoyment i'm totally with you on that i've told you my monday story uh to get me through a hard week it's the first place i stop on a monday night um if i'm close to it because it makes me feel good and it, it gets me in the you know it's like a little uh reward before the task which is kind of the yeah. around but um, I like to do that because I feel like um, it keeps me going, you know, and food yeah. makes us feel amazing inside. It's something that gives us all of those great endorphins. So uh, I'm with you on that and definitely traveling. Um, that's one of the perks of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? Because yeah. you, once, you, once you completed that big task, um, you're able to plan your own time and you're not yeah. subject yeah. to a two week holiday working around other you people have to take. yeah 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 and when mums work people used to run in and take the first holiday you know you'd have to be quick to get the time off but oh. as an entrepreneur you could just be like uh, yeah. I'm going now <laughs> yeah 
I need a goat now. <laughs> yeah, you can sort of plan around that more. You know, like you have this specific deadline you have to meet, but anything else is your time to sort of play around with. And then you, yeah, you can sort of, I don't know, there's this new phrase going around where I don't know what it's called, but people are assimilating their work into their life. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to like get, there's an article on it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it kind of makes sense. Like, instead of having them separate, um, that's apparently the new trend. <laughs> just mesh it into one thing and it's just one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure how, I, yeah. That's interesting. I'm not sure how that works because obviously working from home, for me, it's all kind of blended now into one big thing. And um, I appreciate so much being from bring at home, but I definitely want to keep them separate. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't mix the two, probably because my son is so young, but I can't mix the two of them together because it just, <laughs> uh, nothing gets done properly. So um, interesting for you to talk about mindfulness. And yeah like to make sure that you're taking time away is that something you actively do to stop work and put your laptop down and just focus on you for a bit yeah no I definitely think that is so important um yeah I guess being from a city like London being on the rat race in the rat race all the time like you definitely need to consciously um yeah like put that time aside in order to refresh and recoup um another random stat I guess for millennials is um I think burnout has now been classified as like yeah like a mental illness um and a lot of people yeah are suffering from burnout and anxiety before probably just either just before turning 30 or just after, which is not a great stat. Um, and I feel with millennials, of course, we graduated during the crash. Which is, I know every generation had stuff to deal with, but I feel that's probably a big, a big thing. And then also the entrepreneurship's on the rise. So we're sort of juggling so many things all at once. So yeah, definitely um, I like to keep mindful of that and yeah, I do feel prevention's better than cure. So, yeah. I, and also part of the mantra, work hard, play hard. Like, you've got to have some downtime as well. Totally agree with you on that one. Uh, so how was it when you set up your business? Did you find that challenging going from working or university to starting a business? What were the tools that you used to get you from the idea to actually going live and starting to work? Uh, no, it was quite straightforward. I think it was just the structure in and the agreement side of things, how I do the work, which was different. It was pretty much the same work that I was doing. Hence, it made so much sense to me to switch over. Uh, it meant I had more control, it meant I had more I guess, um, options to work on different projects. Um, I had a few friends that started their own consulting firms in similar fields. So they were able to give me advice on, I guess, more of the legal side of things and the account side of things. So yeah, it was, 
Lovely. Yeah, quite easy. Easier than uh, <laughs> applying for multiple cool jobs and getting rejections for no, yeah, yeah no, yeah, reason basically. So, yeah, for me that was the most viable and option, and yeah, it made sense. Good to hear because a lot of um, people want to start working and becoming an entrepreneur, and they almost like see it as <clears throat> they don't. A, they don't know how to do it, so they think they can't. Uh, or they think it's hard so they don't try so it's good to hear that someone that's been doing it previously and you're about to do something new has just said this is something that is completely doable you just have a look at what you need go online find the resources speak to people you know that are already being an entrepreneur working like this and then you can quickly start I would probably say it takes I don't know a month to set yourself up probably less um in yeah. doing the paperwork type things in the beginning mm -hmm. and then obviously you need to find clients that's a bit more challenging yeah. but uh, the actual setting up side of things is if you if you're on task with finding an accountant getting a business name and those kind of things is a month i think yeah i agree i agree obviously this is a different sort of like service i'm providing compared to starting a tech company or starting an e-commerce business or starting a food chain that's very different I was literally just doing the same <laughs> job yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true if you're like doing yeah because obviously on the apprentice and stuff when the girl was um, yeah. flavored stuff then you've got to do there's, yeah. like, there's a whole that's a whole okay. yeah so, <laughs> I guess we're talking about more of a like um consultancy business um, it, it doesn't matter what you're consulting in, but a consultancy business is a bit more straightforward to set up where you just need your skill and your brain, right? And less yeah. products. Um, and exactly. I guess we'll speak to people with products in other podcasts and figure out how they do Exactly. Um, what's your uh, best piece of advice you've had along the way, Sade? Um, worst piece of advice. Maybe do both, best and worst, if you remember. Um, I don't, I can't think of any advice, um, to be honest, as stark as that may sort of sound, um, other than the maybe three or four people that I know that I worked with prior at this very same company in the city, all four or five of us started our own consultancy firms within four or five months of each other. I don't think I knew anyone before that who had, who I'd had like close enough relationship to. So we all felt like we were kind of winging it. Um, the only thing I can think of that was maybe negative, I guess, is the fear of when you tell other people that you're working with and they're just like, gosh, how are you going to cope? It means you're going to have to sort out your own either pensions or you're going to have to sort out getting your own clients and but all things that I knew I was good at and like the softer side of things um and that sort of maybe doubt can come into your head when it's just like well actually what if you're working on a project and it's just you how are you then going to deal with um generating ideas and coming up with solutions but again something I was yeah confident in so um, I have heard a lot of negativity around starting up my own consultancy, but nothing was said directly to me. And I also had those four people that had gone 
behind before me and yeah were already giving like really good reviews and I ended up again working with one of those we were both taken on as consultants in another firm so yeah it kind of was a bit of a lonely road in terms of I only knew those people and we were all spread out but in a good way it meant that other people couldn't sort of spread their negative um, views on it. When you're first in, you've got nothing to sort of like look back on good and bad. Yeah, stay away from those negative. Those negative people will uh, eat you up, won't they, with their um, doubting thoughts. I try to surround myself with positive people and doers and mostly people that are doing a lot better than me uh, because then yeah. I that's key angels right and um you know i love when people are doing amazingly well because i just like oh, i just want this and then you you have the power to work harder to get it right yeah you're like i yeah. want to have that amazing flat with that view um you know i can <laughs> do it as well if my friend can do it i can do it and um, exactly right? exactly yeah do you think you're uh do you do you subscribe to um never be the smartest person in the room oh absolutely yeah absolutely like it's yeah probably a saying that I've heard from when I was a kid uh and one that I yeah respect and understand why obviously it's not like if I end up being I'll remove myself from the room but <laughs> like can't be in here any smarter people <laughs> <laughs> but um i could i've definitely found that i've gone first with a lot of things in life and that can be so frustrating because you've got no one to look to um it is hard to find a mentor i know everyone says find a mentor find a mentor um i've joined various programs from virgin startup waited two years they couldn't find a suitable mentor <laughs> there must be one in the whole of England like everyone seemed to have been out of their depth that was for another company I started um it is tough um, I don't think we're bred to be very entrepreneurial or think outside the box in this country it's very sort of capitalist driven yeah. so I do subscribe to that and yeah I find it difficult when I'm not surrounded by at least a few people that are either not obviously we're using smart very loosely um either done something before you or yeah. you know there's so many synonyms to that but yeah i do subscribe to it like i see value in that i seek that yeah definitely definitely and so you're now about to pivot into something completely new What's giving you the energy and making you know that this is the next thing to do? Um, who's, you know, what's the main influence? This could be a person, could be a feeling, could be some insight. Um, what's making you say, okay, it's time for something different now. I'm going to do something new. Uh, oh gosh, I, I think a combination of things yeah current climate that we're in there are a lot of opportunities um yeah i guess i've read and picked up on certain cues um from yeah a lot of business papers i read or people that i follow in terms of there being a shift um but yeah something maybe i 
been subconsciously following for a while um, in terms of how the trend is going, but this is the biggest probably opportunity for some of my ideas. I think we have, again, just randomly discussed before, sometimes could be the right um, or a good idea, a good product, but just not the right timing. Yeah. Um, so, Bill, yeah, a lot of my ideas, I think I was saying to you, um, Tesla had that problem years ago. Um, they were just too forward, far forward for the times um, now. Obviously, everything's about going green. So I feel that, yeah, in that same light for myself, um, it's just best window of opportunity, actually, that I'm exploiting, um, which it's probably been, yeah, 10 years in the making. I've been waiting for the right opportunity. I have done other things, but this is where I'm going all in in terms of like really <laughs> going for entrepreneurship, not this half and half thing that I've been doing. Um, yeah, I feel the time's right now. Yeah, it's like exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm really going to do it. Um, and no one is sort of like telling me no. You're like, okay, I'm really going to do it. And no, no one is saying do it. I know. It's like, I'm doing it now. <laughs> Someone stop me. You know, everyone is pushing yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. It's exciting, and um, there. This is like a moment where we're almost standing still. You know, we we're standing mm -hmm. still. We have a chance to breathe. Okay, there's uh, the terrible COVID situation that's happening, um, which has almost like forced us into this moment of of stopping and thinking and uh, and, and thinking about what's making it truly, really making me happy. Um, was I enjoying my previous uh, life as it was? What changes do I really want to make now? To you know go forward now in the best way possible so a lot of those things that we were doing before like traveling and just the casual things we were doing to spend our time we probably won't be doing for a little while so yeah it's like now it's a lot of people are just focusing completely on driving forward that amazing idea that you're thinking about for ages right exactly yeah so what do you like to do when you're not working shall I say? what's your uh relaxation time like how do you look after Shade? Uh, well, that's probably another reason why I am going all in with entrepreneurship, more just to have some of my own time back. Um, as I explained before, I've studied most years for the past 10 years. Um, I also run my own business on the side. So it left not much time to uh, socialise, but when I did it would mainly be holidays, like actually taking time out, like where I just knew I'd either leave my laptop at home or plan stuff on the holiday to go to, yeah. to like attend a concert or so on and so forth. And therefore I knew I was making sure I wasn't going to sort of get into work mode. Um, in terms of city life, what I like to do, again, it's just around friends' birthdays, there's always something going on. Um, but I would say music is probably the biggest thing that if I just want to switch off, it will either be a festival, concert, or I don't know, anything music related. So, yeah, music. That's so cool. Music can, like, transport you to another um, you know, another place. It's almost like you just zone out completely. Um, exactly, exactly. 
going to be weird. There's going to be no festivals, at least for this year. I know. I think they're going to be streaming Glastonbury, like all the old yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I actually bought a ticket to see Black Coffee. It was in May, but it's been postponed to November. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But um, at least I've got that to look forward to. If, um, yeah, we continue on this downward trajectory with coronavirus. But yeah, I do miss socialising in that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's weird because we are on Zoom now, whereas we would be. I know. In person. Um, I know. <laughs> so, Charlotte, like, what, what I would say about uh, what about I say about you is you're really smart, um, and you really have a great way of taking on new things and learning and looking at everything from different angles. Probably your whole. Um, data mind really isn't it because you're used to like analyzing numbers and <laughs> turning it into turning it into a story into something <laughs> <laughs> um, so what if somebody wanted to reach out and they were really interested in analytics then maybe they wanted to know where to start uh, or maybe they needed you to help take their data and turn it into something how could they reach out to you and what kind of things would you be interested in helping people uh, so, in terms of where they can find me, I'm sure you'll put it in um, yeah the description. But it's just my name, Shade, S A D E, and then my surname, Marle, A M A L E. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm. I need to get my website up and running. I don't have that website, but I'm pretty sure I'm the only one with that combination of names. So it's me. Um, in terms of yeah, what I can help with, I'm definitely open to um, I guess some sort of maybe not full-on mentorship, but having like a community, someone to speak to who's done it before. Um, yeah, I'm up for that in terms of the work aspect anything analytics as you said Nadine so being able to take data structure it try to look for patterns in that data trying to solve a problem that's a data problem you could have I don't know data from your if your e-commerce business your website and you want to understand what someone's buying and what demographic people are buying x y and z so i can help out with that anything really that is data related uh data science i would say more predictive modeling but not sure that many companies are doing that just yet um in terms of depending how big you are so yeah anything data or if i don't know i can certainly put you in direction of someone who will know and that's amazing um, so I was also going to say, do you have any tips for people that have data? So, uh, for instance, they have an e-commerce business, they've been tracking who's been buying from them and different products they've been buying um, and where. They've got this whole bed of data, but they've never even looked at it. Um, would you have anything, like any tips for them as in what they should do next with that whole set of data? Is there anything they can do with it? So um, just to be clear, so someone that's got a lot of data yeah. and they've never touched it, they don't know what to do with it, they, what what scenario are we, do we have here? The kids have like, <laughs> appeared outside. 
let's bring oh. um, yeah. so let's let for instance they're, they're running a, a an e-commerce business um they get yeah. mails but they don't really know what to do with this data they're just sitting on all this data should they be um looking at where people are from or that what is there anything you would advise to them yeah definitely i think there are loads of uh logs uh, that you can sort of start with i use one uh, it's called towards data science that's great at like breaking things down and maybe explaining different data sets so crm data or demographic data even if you don't know what any of those mean like yeah you can definitely find definitions and what that data looks like um, from that site and then they usually embed references so that will take you on a whole another journey that's a good place to start and yeah just maybe try to find out what you can do with the data or if you've got a specific question um that you want to find out from the data if we go back to e-commerce um i want to i don't know increase the amount of men that buy from me um yeah maybe i guess that's very specific thing that you want to look at look at the sorts of data that you need to gather and see whether you're gathering that data is a good start as well because you're as good as your data really um but yeah that's where i'd start so and uh, looking at the data that you have getting up to speed with data and the different sorts of data sets and how they can be used and i mentioned towards data data i think it's called or towards data science a good way to start yeah. and then from there on maybe reaching out to someone who can help with that amazing so have a look at what data you have number one um yeah if you can see male or female great then you can have a look at your male data set exactly and then you know maybe you can see where they're living you can target people on facebook or instagram based exactly. on that area right um and then also you know like charlie says look online and start to look at these acronyms so when you see it come in your report you know what they mean so we'll, exactly. we'll do a little um best tips for Sade. i'll gather some questions and we'll ask you five questions for our data specialist in advance not on the fly <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were going to do it now <laughs> no, i'm not going to do it now i, I was like okay <laughs> um yeah no i'd definitely be happy to do that we should do we should definitely do that and um we yeah and showcase your skills it's hard when you're so in it um when you live and breathe data to turn it into layman's term for someone oh you know i don't know what to do with it um and then you're trying to explain to them and it just is very challenging <laughs> yeah but i think more and more now everyone has to use data like i've got friends who work in strategy that are like direct level and beyond and are now all of a sudden analytics is coming on to the job specs sequel coding mm -hmm. <laughs> why so um yeah i think anyone can do it obviously to varying degrees but any e-commerce business you need to know what your data is saying so would you say that people should definitely have some kind of tracking on their activity yeah even if it's not like uh cookie tracking or anything like that even if it's um how else can you track even if it's just like 
what information you're gathering, what yeah. you've asked. It depends what you want to use the information for. Okay. So even yes. people, yeah. things like that, exactly. Like, do you need to start asking a bit more in order to send the right emails to certain people? So even just something like that. Amazing, thank you. <laughs> even, even your quick tips are great tips, you know. <laughs> we love that. So thank you so much, Shade. I really appreciate your time and sitting down to talk with us um, and tell us a bit more about what you do. We would love to do another, um, I'd love to do another podcast with you, maybe in a couple of months when you're further down the line with your journey and um, we can see how you're getting on and keep in touch. And we'll definitely, definitely do uh, some Christians and Lytics questions with you as well. Absolutely, sounds great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, excited to see what comes next. Um, what is it, bo Boss in Business? Yeah, Boss in Business. <laughs> I actually remembered, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's a great initiative and I'll be, interesting to, I'll be interested to hear other uh, people's journeys. Um, I'm interested in men, but in general, but more specifically women, because I feel that our stories aren't told. And yeah, <laughs> I knew you would later on. Like when I said it, I was like, she hasn't quite got what I said. I wasn't putting my Good preference out there. So we could talk about that and another. And another I know. <laughs> You know, actually, <laughs> oh, this is the <laughs> Trying to pitch myself from every <laughs> angle here, aren't I? <laughs> uh, you're looking for smart Beautiful. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll, we can probably cut that bit out. <laughs> Shade, thank you so much. Stay on um, I will, so I can chat to you in a second. But uh, thank you everyone for listening, um, subscribing, following. Please share with your friends and drop us a note if you're an amazing entrepreneur and you'd like to be seen on Boss in Business. Bye for now. Bye. Mm -hmm.